Listen to The Morning Cry weekdays in December on your favorite podcast app. Just search for The Morning Cry on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this grace you've given unto us. As we come to look at your word again today, we pray that your Holy Spirit will teach us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. We turn our Bibles today to Genesis chapter 17, and I'm going to be reading from verse 4. The Bible here says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. As we examine the life of Abraham again, the emphasis of this episode is on the first phrase, as for me. In this passage, God told Abraham, as for me, my covenant is with you. When I took notes of this phrase, I couldn't but wonder what this meant for Abraham. What will make God say, as for me, when he was renewing his covenant with Abraham? Definitely, God could have said, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be the father of many nations. Why add as for me? You know, a closer look into this passage in Genesis chapter 17, we come to understand that God was executing a covenant, an everlasting covenant that needed to be sealed. And since there are two parties to the covenant, God was communicating to Abraham, on my own side, I will play my part of this covenant. Why was God saying, ask for me? It is important to understand the premise of this whole conversation in Genesis chapter 17. God appeared to Abraham after 13 years of unrecorded appearance. But the last time God appeared was well before the birth of Ishmael in Genesis chapter 16. We are told in Genesis chapter 17 verse 25 that at the time this covenant was going on between God and Abraham, Ishmael was already 13 years, meaning there was at least 13 years between chapter 16 and chapter 17. Abraham, who was called out of his father's house at the age of 75, was now 99. You would imagine that he has waited many, many years for this covenant. During this time of waiting, he has been walking by faith. By faith, he came out of his father's house. He definitely believed God, but after some time he began to think that perhaps god meant a different thing from what he thought he meant he began to rationalize god take a few examples if you look at genesis chapter 15 verse 2 to 3 abraham said there lord god what will thou give me seeing i go childless and the steward of my house is this eliezer of damascus and abraham said behold to me thou hast given no seed and lo, one born in my house is my heir. Did you hear that? One born in my house is my heir. So until verse 4, when the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thine heir. Now if you turn to chapter 16, you will find that when Sarai, his wife came to offer him Eger, the Egyptian. There was no question revealed. 
is simply akind. On the part of Sarai, she said, it may be that I may obtain children by her. What an assumption. But be aware that it was after waiting for about 12 years. On Abraham's part, remember that this would check the box of what God told him in chapter 15, that it's a child that come forth out of his own bosom that would be his heir. He might have rationalized that as God meant the same thing. Do you know that this is how many of us rationalize God and his word during our waiting times? But notice that in all this, God was quiet. Now, if you come now to chapter 17, which is the chapter we're looking at in verse 16, when God said, Sarah shall bring forth a child, he simply laughed in his heart. Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarai, that is ninety years old, be And in verse 18, look at what he uttered to God. Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. It was like him saying, I have given up on that which you, God you told me. Let Ishmael, this is the one I think you want to work on. Work on this one. Let Ishmael be the covenant child. So, here you see, how the pressure of the things that he can see with his eyes has begun to silently push the unseen out of his life. You can imagine that somewhere down in his mind, while he believes that God's promise is true, he was helping God to fulfill it based on the limit of his knowledge and faith. Now, that was the state of Abraham until God had to come on the scene again in chapter 17, verse 1, asking him, Walk before me and be thou perfect. To be perfect in faith. To be perfect in love. To be perfect in hope. Apparently, you find that Abraham was not perfect in all these things. While, of course, he came out of his father's house, he was not yet perfect. Until God said, walk before me and be thou perfect. So this was the premise of the statement, as for me. As for me, I'm going to keep the bargain of the promise of the covenant I gave to you when I called you out. God came on the scene to establish the covenant that he made from the beginning unto him. So let me quickly state here that for every covenant, again, there are two sides. In this case, we had God on one hand and Abraham on the other. Let me tell you a few things about this covenant. It was a covenant of grace. The covenant here originates from God. Abraham did not make it. It was the full prerogative of God that brought about this covenant. It was out of his free will. And God himself wrote the terms of this covenant. It was in the terms of Abraham. And he does not get to dictate the terms of it. It is solely decided by God. He can accept or reject it. And it is God also that will fulfill it. But Abraham has a part to play. He would need to walk before God and be perfect. And God came and said, walk before me and be perfect. It's in Abraham's hand. As for God, God would do what he would do. So God signed it with his seal. That is, a token of promise. This belongs to me. I put it on the covenant. And he gave him a new name. He changed his name to Abraham, meaning father of multitude, and his wife to Sarah princess but abraham would need to sign it as well as for abraham 
God requested in verse 7 that he needed to circumcise himself and every male child and servant and do so to all generations. Now Paul the Apostle helped us to understand this better when he explained in Romans chapter 4 verse 11 to 12 concerning Abraham. He said, and he received the sign of circumcision, meaning the seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet been uncircumcised. God gave him the seal, for he needed to play his path. Perhaps you are asking now, what does this have to do with me? Like Abraham, God has given you an everlasting promise, eternal blessedness with Christ in heaven. Though it may seem as though it tarries, it will surely come to pass. And because it will come to pass, he has given the seal of this promise as well. The Bible says he has sealed us with the earnest of the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul explained this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 to 22. He says, For the, all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by heart. Now he which established us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God, who hath also sealed us, and given the earnest of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. You know, the Holy Spirit is the part payment of the covenant of the heavenly promise God has given unto us. He is the part payment, is the seal of God upon our life for the eternity that he has given unto us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14 says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You see there, until the redemption of the purchased possession, meaning until he comes to redeem us out of this world. He gave us the Holy Spirit. It's the pledge or assurance that the full price will be paid. What God has promised that he's going to give you in heaven, he's going to give unto you. I want to tell you, don't lose the seal of God upon your life. And so, we also have our part to play in the covenant. The Bible says, abide in Christ. And if any man abided not in me, he is cast out, cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Brethren, the word has come today that we have our own part of the covenant to keep. Our part is to abide in Christ, to follow the precept of Christ, to remain in Christ because we are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit. So, but we must also sign it. We must also seal it. As God requested circumcision from Abraham, he is also asking us for our own signature. And our signature is that of perfection. The circumcision of our hearts, holiness of the heart without which no man shall see the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, it says, Be ye perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. That is the signature. God requires that from you. There were conditions of what we call contingency built into the contract from the beginning. The promise of God are conditional on us being faithful in keeping our own path. Of the covenant unto him such statement or belief as god will fulfill his covenant irrespective of what we do is unfounded and heretic i want you to note fully well that he made the covenant not you 
You didn't make the covenant. He made the terms of the covenant, not you. It's not on your own terms. Why would you choose to follow God on your own terms? Do you know that this is why many people will not make heaven? Why they would think that they did a number of things, but it was on their own terms. As I conclude this episode, I want to say clearly that all that needs to be done to make everlasting life possible has been done. Jesus Christ said it is finished. And all that needs to be provided has been provided. It's all done. And it does not mean that you don't have anything, any part to play. For you have a part to play. You need to come into the door if you are not yet already in the door. You need to walk on the way if you are not yet walking on the way. You need to make sure you remain on the way. Walking in the precept of Christ. You must be perfect. It is a requirement. But if you don't meet this requirement, God has no obligation to you. I saw some men calling unto Christ and saying, God, God, Christ, Christ. But we did this and this and this and this in your name. As though Christ had obligation to them. Christ only has an obligation to you if you have kept your own part of the promise. But, you know something I saw in the life of Abraham? The same day God appeared unto him and said, Walk before me and be thou perfect. You imagine what he did. He responded promptly. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 17 verse 23, And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of the Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. It was prompt obedience. My question for you is that, have you responded to God's call yet? Let's start from the beginning. Have you responded to the call of salvation to come out of sin? But now, have you responded to the call to be perfect? Be ye perfect. It's in your hands. Whether you are going to get to heaven or not is the question of you keeping your part of the covenant. The Bible made us to know that the seal of God upon your life as you come into the saving knowledge of the Lord is the Holy Spirit of promise. I want to ask you, Brethren, do you have the witness of the Spirit in you? Or have you grieved out the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption? If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You see, it is in your hands. So the question for you as we finish this up is, are you taking the right step towards perfection? Are you walking in the way of holiness? Are you walking in the way of righteousness? Is your heart circumcised? Has the roots of bitterness been uprooted from you? Are you walking in the pathway of holiness? Maybe it's God coming to you today and saying, Walk before me and be thou perfect. Walk before me and circumcise your heart that you walk in perfection and holiness today. Will you take that decision? Will you act promptly this day and say, God, I want to walk with you. And take time, spend time with the Lord and settle this matter and begin this walk on the pathway of holiness, on the pathway of righteousness and dabble not with sin any longer, having your eyes set as a flint, walking straight to the promised land. If you call unto the Lord, God is going to help you.